Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row and Byers Automotive. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. Today's show is myself, Zach Carpenter, and Andrew Ellis, and we're doing things a little bit different. This is going to be an edition of The List, but rather than talking about one player, that's high on the Ohio State recruiting board. We're going to talk about our picks for the top remaining targets for the Buckeyes in the class of 2022. So let's get to it. Okay, we're back. It's the list on Letterman Row, but as I said at the onset of the show, this isn't the typical list where we would break down one player that's at the top of the very board for Ohio State or a must-get. This is the list of guys that we think are the biggest and most important remaining players in the class of 2022 for Ohio State. We each have a list of nine guys that we have uh, presented or have prepared, and uh, we're just going to go down the list. We'll start with number nine, go up to number one, because everyone loves that suspense. Uh, suspense. Uh, look, I got Spencer on the brain. Everyone loves that suspense. That's like three podcasts in a row where you're where you're messing your words up. I'm, I still got that list that I'm going to – speaking of lists, I have one in a Google Doc of the words that you keep making up or – yeah, well, I'm I'm a, I'm a believer in in freedom of expression, Zach. I'm sorry that you're not. Sometimes I'm very, that is, bu- very buttoned up. You know, I love planning, so I'm always I'm yeah. always all right. Let's. let's I actually let's I actually thought you'd appreciate that this episode of Talking Stuff presented by Wires Auto. I actually gave you like a script, so to speak, or a game plan for what we're going to do. Um, so I'm trying I trying did. to work with you. I did. You guys all know I'm a I'm a writer and a planner at heart, and I'm a I'm a behind the scenes type of guy. So I like having that prep work. Andrew, did you like having the did you like having the prep work instead of having to go off the cuff of naming nine guys like that? I, I like having some prep work, but I also don't mind winging it from time to time. So I like it when things are mixed up. So well, let's start. Let's wing it. Let's let's mix it up. Wing it. Start. Zach, number nine on your list. Who is it? It's the list of lists. I start with uh Hero Canoe. Um I know uh are, are are we going to list them all, all nine right off the bat, or are we going? We're going one by one, and explanation after each one. See, no, this I mean, is the I, part. I think we'll we'll break it down a little bit. I mean, Hero Canoe obviously is a player that Ohio State offered in the summertime. They really liked what they saw. Six foot five, two hundred ninety pound defensive tackle, a three tech that is extremely quick. Um, you know, the, obviously the Buckeyes are going to need a lot of help with defensive tackle. I think that as we go along this list. People are going to hear a number of defensive linemen. And Teddy, Andrew, and I both have defensive linemen also at number nine. But this is one of those moments where we have the same player selected. And Andrew, who is it? Um, yeah, I have Kenyatta Jackson, Florida defensive end at number nine. Yeah, same same with me. I think that uh, at, my list changed, obviously, in the last couple of days as I've been thinking about this. As I watched Ohio State play on Saturday, uh, I, I like what they have depth-wise with some of the younger defensive ends, but I really think they need some explosive edge rushers at this point, and, and I think that Kenyatta Jackson has that type of upside, uh, which is why he's on my list at number nine. Zach, number eight. Uh, number eight, I had Cam Dewberry. Um, 
I know what I think he's like six four is what he's been measured at. Uh, I know he might he's listed as an offensive tackle last I last I saw it. I mean, he from people I've talked to who are smarter about offensive line play than me think that um, he could be a guard at the next level. And um, but I mean, if he is a tackle, they already have Ohio State already has George Fitzpatrick uh, in the full committed. Um, and the, uh, there's no real other bona fide offensive tackles other than Cam Dewberry uh, still on the list because uh, Keontae Goodwin, which broke me in Andrew's hearts for the number one guy we liked is already uh, firmly with, with Kentucky. Um, another guy I thought about putting at number eight was Emil Wagner, uh, especially because of the in-state factor um, of him being from, from Wayne. Uh, it, it just, to me, I think, um, I think if there's no, I, I do think that Cam Dewberry has that, that uh, type of presence to be um, worthy of being on this list. I know I, I, I can't remember what number you guys had him at, but. Um, Andrew has him at number eight with you. So Andrew, why, why Cam Dewberry is, is that guy? Um, it kind of goes along with what Zach said, you know, he's kind of a versatile guy, tackle guard type. Um, I, I will say, I think Ohio state was in a better spot with him late July compared to where they are now. Maybe I think the general thought was he may have, ended his recruitment by now, but instead you still got Texas A&M and an official visit to Oklahoma coming up. So that's why I got him at number eight. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's an argument to be made for multiple offensive linemen, but I, I, I'm, I'm operating under the pretense, and I know people on the internet have ridiculed me for it. I just think Ohio State's only going to take three offensive linemen, uh, and so I don't have Cam Dewberry on my list, but uh, I think that's not to say Ohio State doesn't want him or Ohio State doesn't wouldn't take him or Emil Wagner or anyone else, but I, I only have one offensive lineman on my list and we'll get to that um, later. But for me, number eight on my list is Chris McClellan, another defensive lineman, uh, Oklahoma prospect who, again, another guy I think we thought maybe would be committed by now. And a lot of the reason I have McClellan here is I just think that it's important for Ohio State to establish that if you're recruiting defensive linemen against Larry Johnson, you're going to lose. Um, and I think that especially with Oklahoma's um, desire here to extend this recruitment and, and kind of play on this SEC uh, vibe that they're now trying to sell people, uh, I think it's important Ohio State comes out of that one with the win because they were in a very comfortable driver's seat with him uh, after his official visit. I think that they're still in the lead, but Florida and Oklahoma are, are fighting. Um, and uh, I think Chris McClellan's an important player. So um, let's, let's move on. Number seven. Zach, who you got? Um, yeah, this is the guy I probably agonized the most um, about how high I knew. Obviously, I knew he would be on the list, but I didn't know. I, I uh, when I when I initially went through it, um, I put some thought into which ones were on the list, and I looked back through, and I was like, I don't know, number seven, Ernest Green. Uh, that's who I have, and um, I, I think as I don't want to step on it too much uh, on the guys that we're going to get to next, but um, I had mainly defensive players right at the top of the board. Uh, Ernest Green, I mean, I I will pro I'll probably agree with the whatever argument is made to, to have him higher, higher on the list because um, even though I think Ohio State, uh, they have some, obviously they have some great talent in the interior interior line. And, but uh, Donovan Jackson's five-star, five-star guy at guard, Ernest Green's a borderline five-star who's gotten Donovan Jackson comparisons. And um, if they bring if they bring in Ernest Green, like I'm just imagining a third year Donovan start Donovan Jackson starting a second year Ernest Green, and I feel like that really having that type of interior line presence really 
kind of open, with, with Travion Henderson in the backfield really kind of opens up what uh, what that Brian Day wants to do philosophically of establishing the run game that leads to the passing game. So he absolutely there's a, should be on this list, and he, I he'd probably make the argument that he could be higher than that. I I had him too low. Speaking of the passing game, Andrew, uh, number seven on your list as a player that would help that. Yeah. So when I do these lists, like I kind of look at it from three different viewpoints. Like I look at positional need. I look at kind of mutual interest between the player and Ohio State. And then I just kind of look at the star power, the caliber of the player. Now, with number seven on my list, Drew Aller, it's there's kind of an extra element to this with him being the best quarterback from the state of Ohio that we've seen in some time. And if he doesn't end up at Ohio State, Ryan Day is going to be facing him every year, whether it's in Columbus or in Happy Valley. So he is number seven on my list. A month ago, I would have never expected to have a quarterback on here, but the Quinn Ewers thing happened, and here we are. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. I think it's clear Ohio State's going to need a quarterback in this class. Uh, but for me, number seven is Hero Canoe, uh, who is the third straight defensive lineman on my list. And I, again, I think it's just extremely important that Ohio State restock this front four uh, because you are losing so many defensive tackles. There was the expectation heading into the season that not only do you lose Tyreek Smith, but there was a lot of scuttlebutt about Zach Harrison and Javante Jean-Baptiste and maybe those guys thinking about testing NFL waters. Maybe that changes based on their ineffectiveness in the first two weeks of the season. But, I, you know, you, you never know what happens from here on out. But I think it's clear Larry Johnson wants to restock that defensive line. I'm still operating under the, the pretense that you could see five total defensive linemen, and I think they have to get that many. So uh, to me, it's Hero Canoe, who Ohio State believes has the potential to be a five-star type player, and uh, th that's why he's on the list. Um, Zach, number six for you is Drew Aller. Why? Um, I don't have too much to say that I haven't already said or that Andrew didn't just say a second ago. Um, I mean, just like you said, if, if they don't get him, they're going against him every year or at least for the next two, three years, whatever, um, with, with their number one Big Ten East rival or competitor, um, I would say. And to me, it also comes back to I haven't had him that high on the list just because, the to me, the quarterback dominoes resetting is, is with Quinn Ewers reclassifying to 2021, Drew Aller would really would reset those quarterback dominoes. And I think that's just – I think that's massively important going forward as we as they target uh, five-star guys in the in the next two cycles. For you, Andrew, number six is a player that we've talked about a lot. He was on the list, actually, as one of Ohio State's must-get priorities in 2022. And again, if, if you've been watching Ohio State these first two weeks of the season, you know why. Who, who's number six for you? Yeah, so I got um, Zion Branch at number six. Um, not the top safety on my list here, spoiler alert, but the exact reason you said, you know, they're the safety play this year, we saw the, the nosedive that's taken when Josh Proctor's not back there. Um, he's clearly one of the top two guys that, that Kerry Combs and Ryan Day have kind of zeroed in on. Um, I would say today's news with that coaching carousel starting to spin already, we'll see how that kind of factors in here with uh, USC being maybe the presumptive leader, USC or Ohio State. But I know he's got that Clemson and Alabama visit still, still lingering out there. But yeah, he is number six on my list. Uh, I, I like it. I, I think Zion Branch is a must get. That's why he was on you know, the, the singular focus of, of the list. Um, for me, number uh, six is another player who was on the singular focus of the list, and that is defensive lineman Omari Abor, who I think sometimes we, we stop sort of talking about him. And I, I think maybe we're all guilty of this because those official visits happened at the first weekend of June, and it sort of feels like things have just stagnated. But the Ohio State's remained in very close contact with Omari Abor. I know that 
you know, there's the discussion about Eni White and Kenyatta Jackson and how all these pieces play together. I want, and this is what we talked about all day at Roosters on Letterman Live on Monday, I think you need to have some some dudes who are slightly unhinged at times on the field, and I like what I see out of Amari Abor in that role. Physically, six foot four and a half, 250 pounds. He is college-ready body-wise. And I think, to me, if you have a player like Kenyatta Jackson, who's more of a traditional edge rusher, maybe there's a little bit more physical development there, but Abor helps kind of quell that gap and is a, is a college-ready come in, be physically ready to play college. So, uh, again, another defensive lineman for me, four straight of those, but that's why Omari Abor is there. Uh, Zach, number five for you is Kenyatta Jackson, who you have uh, as your second defensive lineman. Why Kenyatta Jackson that high up on your board? Uh, again, it comes back to some of the same stuff that you guys said. He's that explosive, uh, long, explosive, uh, uh, traditional edge rusher that I think they're – uh, that Ohio State's going to need to be, be that big, uh, big home run hitting uh, playmakers, uh, sort of like uh, Zach Harrison has the potential to be. Um, and he's he's a guy that I, I with another guy uh, a little higher on my list. Um, I debated back and forth between between those two. He's just um, a, another guy that probably uh, could have had higher. Um, I just think he's he's a difference maker as, as a pass rusher that they're going to need. Uh, for the future of their, this defense. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, there, there's such a need for for speed on the outside for Ohio State. I think that there's a case to be made for any of these guys being higher. Andrew, number five on your list is Hero Canoe, who we've already talked about a couple of times. Why why do you have him so high? Well, I mean, he's been he's camped multiple times or worked out with Larry Johnson multiple times. I knew you guys were at the camp setting and everybody was kind of blown away by him. But I just think with him, you know, not being from the U.S. His ceiling and his his ceiling is just through the roof, and he's just now kind of starting to tap into tapping into his potential. And you know, I know Georgia and programs like that, Notre Dame, are very high on his list as well. But um, yeah, he's number five on my list, and his uh, potential is just limitless. Yeah, I think as we go closer to the top of this list, one of the things that plays into where I ranked people is who they're recruiting them against. And I think that it's important that Ohio State win some of these national battles against the Georgias, against Notre Dames, against Alabama, Clemson, et cetera. Um, but to your guys' point earlier about Penn State, that's why I have Drew Aller at number five on my list. And I want to put a little asterisk by that. With the news that Clay Helton uh, has been let go by USC, I'm going to just change it to Drew Aller slash quarterback. And I don't know if maybe Devin Brown, the USC commit, becomes a player Ohio State looks at. I, I know I would if I were in their position. I thought he was great at the Elite 11. I really liked what I saw out of him. From Utah, Corner Canyon High School plays a good good schedule out there. He's a very accurate kid. Um, I, I think Aller obviously makes the most sense for a number of reasons. I think that there's going to be scuttlebutt about James Franklin to USC. How that plays into this, I don't know. But Ohio State – is is going after Drew Aller because they think he can play at Ohio State. He's an in-state quarterback, as you said. I think you got to go get him. I, w- I know that they wish they had known Quinn Ewers' plans a year ago. That would have made this a whole lot easier, and they wouldn't be trying to do this in the 11th hour. But uh, that's why I have Drew Aller that high on my list. I think it's important for Ohio State to make sure that they firmly establish in the Midwest, if Ohio State wants a player from Ohio, they get him. And – um, that's why I think it's so important to get Drew Aller. So uh, let's move up. Number four, uh, we have a couple of guys. Zach and I, we both agree it's Zion Branch at number four. Zach, why, why Zion Branch so much? 
Um, yeah, I mean, piggybacking what off you just said, winning those national battles. Um, and I, I think that getting Zion Branch, this is probably the number two reason I would have him this high. Um, we, you talked recently about Zion Branch and Zachariah Branch. Uh, basically, I mean, I, you use the phrase package deal, which uh, which is usually like a faux pas when talking recruiting. But I mean, they're brothers, one class apart. So uh, I think you get Zion Branch, you most likely get uh, one of the more dynamic offensive weapons uh, in the country, potentially um, Zachariah Branch. But the, the main reason I have him this high is what you guys spoke about uh, about the need for uh, for safety, the, the safety depth, safety help. And he's another explosive playmaker that um, assuming uh, assuming that Ohio State gets this defense fixed and there's no schematic changes or anything like that uh, uh, throughout the season or the offseason, um, if they're going to continue to play that one deep safety uh, with cover one, cover three schemes, I mean, to, to have a guy like Zion Branch is pivotal to have in that role. Yeah, I think Zion Branch is as close a player combination to Jordan Fuller and Josh Proctor as you can get. Uh, and that's why I think he, he has to be this high on the board. I also love when Ohio State is able to go out and recruit players from winning programs. I think it's an important part of the puzzle. It's why I have Kenyatta Jackson on my list and not Eni White, because I think it's important for Ohio State to stay active in South Florida and make those inroads when you have the, the um, commitment from Ryan Turner, Kenyatta's teammate. I think there's all these little moving parts as you start to build a program that has feeder spots. And I think that staying active in, in Las Vegas, especially now with the USC thing, I mean, I, I don't think that unless USC loses Dante Williams, and I don't think he's going to stay as their head coach, I think they'll find someone else. But like when Larry Johnson was let go by James Franklin, for example. I think there's sometimes when new head coaches make a very bonehead decision. And I, I don't think that the new head coach would, would move on from Dante Williams. So I think that that's something to watch as we head into uh, November and December. But to me, Zion Branch is, is a really great combination of what Ohio State's looking for at safety. And that cerebral kid who can really play uh, that that back free safety spot and uh and be a, a game changer slash eraser back there so those are that's why i got him there andrew who you got number four um i have Ernest green at number four you guys touched on him a little bit earlier but one of the top of the board offensive line targets right now powerhouse st john bosco program in california you know i think he was supposed to visit this past weekend with his you know with his team and they had a late friday night game that prevented that from happening I wonder if that's going to kind of work out in Ohio State's favor because he's going to Georgia next weekend. I think that's the top competition. So if he goes and takes his official to Athens, then gets that Ohio State visit rescheduled down the road, maybe Ohio State can get the last shot or one of the later shots after Georgia. But he is number four on my list. Yeah, and USC is another one in that mix for, for Ernest Green, uh, who is my, my number three on the list is Ernest Green. I Again, the St. John Bosco pipeline. The kid is six foot four and a half, 330 pounds. He's an absolute mountain of a human. And what I love about Ernest Green is that every single play, Ernest Green looks like he's trying to hurt someone. And I think that if I want that out of an offensive lineman, and I think that that sort of attitude is something Ohio State is sorely missing uh, from its offensive line. They're great kids. They're, they're physical. They're really obviously a proficient group, one of the best in the country, but I think you need sometimes that just road grader, mauler type, and that's what I see on Ernest screen. That's why he's number three on my list. You guys each have the same player at number three on yours. Uh, who wants to take? I, I can go ahead. So, yeah. you know, when I've, when I've been putting my own recruiting boards together, like I had 
um, Pennsylvania's defensive end, Eni White, on my list way back when I first started putting it together. And then he had some comments about wanting to go far away from home, and then I just kind of started writing him off to the SEC. And then we know he visited Columbus um, over the summer, and it just seems like Larry Johnson has kind of helped to convince him that, you know, your your home as a 4-3 edge rusher might be more beneficial than a 3-4 outside linebacker. So I think Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, but he is number three on my list. And two months ago, he wouldn't have, wouldn't even have been on there probably. Yeah, and he's a guy that I didn't really initially – I was going to have him around number – probably number five uh, or number six, but because I'm – I'm not as convinced that that he can be uh, can be a hand in the ground defensive end. I I think um, seeing him play, I, I think he still fits that tr- more three four outside linebacker, which is what every other program except Ohio State seems to be recruiting him at. But it kind of it doesn't really matter what I think if Larry Johnson thinks that he can be if he can translate to being that that explosive rangy uh, 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 edge guy. Um, so. I, I think he needs to be needs to be uh, very high on this list um, with with the ability that Ohio State believes he he can have. But um, I still that three four yeah three four outside linebacker. I feel like he might fit that mold a little better. But yeah, and uh, go ahead. What one more thing with that? Like if you're a if you're a three four outside linebacker type or hybrid type like him, and you watch Georgia against Clemson, and you watch what they were doing with their linebackers. I mean, that's got to be enticing for him. So I, I do kind of worry about Georgia and the SEC, but he's, yeah, he's number three on my list as well. Yeah. And again, the reason I don't have, I, I picked, I was back and forth between him and Kenyatta Jackson for that number nine spot, because I know that physically they need to develop into what Ohio State wants them to be as far as a four, three edge rusher. So that's why he's not on my list. But I, I mean, he's a dynamic player, five-star, uh, nasty kid, really likes to, to hit people. Uh, arrives with bad intentions. I think he's, I, I still have him as in, in the Ohio state class if we're doing a game of in or out, but I just don't think that uh, I think that could change. I, I'm more worried about that changing with him than I am Kenyatta Jackson when it's just Ohio state and Oklahoma really for him. So, because I do, I agree. I think that Georgia thing, the Alabama thing, when you see the way Alabama uses uh, Will Anderson and the way that they can point to these kids and say, this is who you, we want you to be. Uh, I think that that does start to play into this as kids start to get closer to a decision. Um, number two on our list here, uh, you guys have the same guy again, so I'll let you go. Who is it? Go ahead. Um, yeah, that's Xavier Wampa. Um, just watching his film, you're talking about a guy who plays angry and violent. I mean, that that's a kid who he, he's going to go all out. And um, I mean, he might he's probably the hardest hitting safety uh in, in the in madden what was, what was the the hardest hitting safety in, in madden though what was you're, Jennings? you're in sharper yeah Darren sharper <laughs> um he, he's that I, th- I think that sort of fits that bullet type that they that ohio state's wanting um it, he just he's going to allow them to do things schematically that they want to do with this with this defense that um i think that he would have been uh if if in two years if the game yet on saturday would have been played Two three years from now, I think he would have been you. He would have been one of the guys being highlighted, flying all over the field. He's gonna play. He's not gonna play scared. He's gonna play. He's gonna play like a man. So I think um, I think he has to be has to be this high. And yeah, I, I mean, I agree with everything Zach said. You know, he's he's a top of the board guy for Ohio State, Notre Dame. I think we've long thought it was going to be Ohio State or Notre Dame, but I, I do kind of wonder. He was just at Iowa last weekend. I do kind of wonder if a successful season for Iowa, maybe they can kind of creep into it. 
But um, yeah, I mean, he's without question, top of the board target, whether you have him number one, number two, or somewhere up there. Yeah, I think the interesting thing with Xavier, um, and I'll talk about it more in a second, uh, but number two for me is Caden Curry, who is the fifth defensive lineman on my list and, and a player, like simply put, we've talked ad nauseum about Caden Curry, but I, I've said it over and over. If he was playing in Florida or playing in Texas or playing in California, I think he'd be ranked as a top 25 player in the country. His game film is incredible. His motor is incredible. His athleticism is underrated for a kid at six foot four and a half, six foot five, 250 pounds. Um, I, I don't care what position he plays. Uh, same, similar. And I mean, Zach, we've talked about the Nick Bosa comparisons. You've talked about it with him. That to me is the upside. That's the ceiling. And I think that he's got that type of potential. I think he is the type of player Ohio State can build a defensive line around simply because what he said with you after the official visit. If you put a kid like Caden Curry out there with Jack Sawyer or JT Tuomaloao, and then you put a Tyleek Williams or a Michael Hall next to him on the interior, you have a lot of flexibility and a lot of things you can do. And I just think from a culture fit, from the position fit, from how long Ohio State has recruited him, he's been the top of the board priority for the defensive line since March of 2020. Like I, I just, I you cannot miss on Caden Curry because if you do miss on him, you're missing on him most likely to Alabama or Clemson or Oregon. I mean, Indiana's in that mix, but I, I just still – I don't think Indiana's at that point yet where they're going to be able to beat those other schools for him. So um, I have him number two because I have Xavier Wampa number one. And it's, that was back and forth for me most of the time as we're sorting this out. But I just can't get over what I've seen out of Ohio State's safety play in the last couple of weeks. And uh, for me, that's why Xavier Wampa has to be number one. He, he's a – I don't know if he's as instinctive, as instinctive a player as I am branches, like pre-snap, doing all that stuff. But I know that when the ball is in the air, Xavier Wampa is going to hit somebody and hit them hard, and he's going to be in the right spot. He's very smart, extremely physical, can play sideline to sideline. He's got a linebacker body and safety athleticism. And I just, again, similar to Caden Curry, they've recruited. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And so long. His relationships with, with Keon Graves, with CJ Hicks, but these kids are so good. I just feel like if you miss out on that, it is going to be one of those ones that bites you in the butt, whether he ends up at Notre Dame or Texas A&M or Iowa, who I agree. Now that he's seen them two weekends in a row, they've got six interceptions at Iowa in the first two weeks of the season. They're trying, you know, they've led the the Big Ten in interceptions each of the last four years. They, they, they got a ball hawking defense. And I think that they're trying to really push and sell that along with the opportunity to incorporate name, image, and likeness stuff as a hometown hero. And I think that any player in the country is going to listen to that. But I think Ohio State needs to be able to sit him down and say, you are the difference maker in this defense. And so that's why he's number one on my list. Can I just hit the retweet button for everything you said about Caden Curry? Because, I mean, basically everything that you said, that's uh, that's why I had him uh, number one on on my list. And I think Ohio State's proven um, uh, that to him that he's their top of the board top of the board guy. And when, yeah, when I talked to him about his official visit, 
um, the the big three, it's kind of what we called it, because he met with JT Tuomalau and uh, and Jack Sawyer and Larry Johnson on on Sunday, on the final day of his official visit. And they, I don't think it was like a huge like pitch, like, come on, be the big three. Like that was kind of said, uh, that that label was said in passing, but now I can't get, kind of can't get over that, of that being their, their title. Um, I, everything you said, I mean, imagine those three guys online and Mike Hall uh, would be just, I mean, it's a scary defensive line to think about that isn't just going to be scary for big 10 teams. It would be scary for college football playoff matchups. Um, the, the, the versatility and the motor are what I always come back to with Caden because I mean, he's, pretty relentless uh, when, when it comes to just um, to his aggressiveness, uh, whether at three tech, his last two years, starting to go over defensive end and even a little Mike linebacker he's playing now um, uh, for, for his defense over there. Uh, I, I just, yeah, I, I see him being a he, potential star down the road and that motor Larry Johnson, I swear that's like the number one thing that he, he loves in his, in his defensive lineman is because it's something you can't teach. And we've seen, We've seen guys uh, that Ohio State has kind of backed off on on the recruiting trail because they don't have that innate ability, that natural uh, that natural motor. So um, again, I couldn't be I couldn't be much higher on Caden Curry. So I, 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 I'm curious to hear why Andrew had number one. I'm sure it's probably a lot of the same stuff we said. Yeah, I mean he's number one on my list. I didn't even have to really put too much thought into it. He's he's the clear number one for me. Uh, Zach has a great update on Caden Curry on the website right now. Um, and again, like, like Berm said, if, if he's playing in Georgia or Alabama or Florida, somewhere down there, I mean, he's a, without question, top 10, five-star caliber player. And there's a reason that Ohio state Clemson and Alabama really won him. So he's number one for me. Um, I, I was a little, like, I just kind of penciled him in as a three tech. And then when I saw some of the photos of him from over the summer, he was a little smaller than I thought he was going to be. So whether he ends up as a three tech or an edge rusher or a Nick Bosa type, like you said, Berm. Um, he's number one on my list. Yeah, that's where I see him. I mean, I just see him ending up in that six foot four and a half, 265 pound range as a guy that can just wreak havoc. And, you know, I, I look back over the Ohio State defensive line over the last handful of years, and there's obviously been great player after great player between Nick and Joey Bosa and Chase Young. But what they miss on this current defensive line is a player with the energy of Jonathan Cooper, someone that is simply going to go balls to the wall from snap to whistle every single play. And that's what Caden Curry will do, whether he's at out on the edge or inside or standing up or playing fullback or playing baseball. What like the kid is a, he's a, an intense, relentless person. And I think you have to have that. And I think for Ohio state to continue to be competitive on the national stage, you have to have players who would chew their own foot off if it meant getting to the quarterback. And I think that he's that type of type of kid. And again, I, I think he's vastly underrated nationally, and I would have him number one on my board too if the safety play wasn't so darn terrifying at Ohio State right So, especially knowing that Latham Ransom is only going to be there one more year after the, there's no way Latham Ransom is playing two more years. So, the importance of a guy like Xavier Wampa uh, and Zion Branch, who I probably could have had one and two on this list, uh, is just that much more paramount to me because. Yeah, the Buckeyes are going to get Josh Proctor back next year, but then you have Proctor and the Ransom, who are both going to be gone after that, and then where do you go? So, I mean, I think that there's a lot of arguments. I, I, I'm interested, folks out there watching, listening, give us your comments and your personal list and, you know, tell us what you think. But um, this is 
our list. Andrew, Zach, anything else that's uh, that you want to explain away or give a thought on? What, what, anything else? No, no, not really. I think we're mostly on the same page. Maybe we just had some guys slotted a bit differently, but it's it's clear as day what the remaining needs are. You know, you're looking at the trenches and you're looking at safety, and I guess quarterback yeah. now too. So it's been that way for a while. Um, what, what, a couple of things I wanted to ask. I know you've you've been pretty adamant that you think that Ohio State should take four probably should take four offensive linemen. I know you said that uh, you said that in the past. I'm wondering if you're still of that that school of thought, and that's why you, you didn't have have more offensive linemen on the list or uh... I, I think they should take that many whether or not they're going to I don't know and I think you know and I wrote about it a few weeks ago but this super senior situation is so weird because you just don't know who's going to come back and now you add another player like Josh Proctor there goes the scholarship for next year I mean it's, it's great to get back a, an all big 10 caliber athlete but now you have one less spot so there's all these moving parts um, if if this list was beyond nine I probably would have Cam Dewberry 10. And I would probably even have Emil Wagner 11 because I think that there is a, a real need at Ohio State for true tackles. Um, but I have her in a screen at, at number three because I think that he can play tackle and physically he doesn't need the development that someone like Emil Wagner does. And I th- that's why I wouldn't have him on that immediate list. But I, I mean, Ohio State wants Emil Wagner. They would take him if he tried to commit today. So, I mean, that's all you really need to know. But as we look at this, I'm trying to be objective and, and knowing that they have 14 commitments, talking with people I've talked to, I'm hearing 21, 22 guys in this class. And so things are, are going to get real tight and they're going to have to make some tough decisions. Let, let me say one more thing. If, if Keontae Goodwin shows up in Columbus for an official visit, we're probably going to have to have like an emergency meeting podcast to update, uh, to update our board. So we'll, we'll see if that ends up happening here sometime in the next few months. Well, Zach's going to see Keontae Goodwin this weekend. So he'll get an update if that's going to happen. Uh, I th- do you want him to take like a, a picture of you, Andrew, and ask if Keontae is interested or? Yeah, if you could do that, Zach, that'd be great. Maybe mail it to me and I can hang it up somewhere in my, on my fridge or something, maybe. We'll get you a life-size poster. Are they they're the fat heads? That fat head, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Like a, six, like a six foot, eight inch fat head in my living room. That'd be, that's all I need in life. So please. That's what well, I was going to ask is it other than Drew Aller, what, who's the one uh, committed player that you would have on this list? And why is it Keontae Goodwin? I already knew the answer from you, from you to Andrew. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see him play. I mean, he's, he should be a five-star. He is that type of talent. So, I mean, he, I remember seeing the the video that I, I sent you of him. He's like six, eight, 300 pounds. And he's just looking like an absolute mountain. And you're like, you're just like, good lord, that dude is a that dude's an NFL player already. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a freak. And I mean, there's a reason why he's everyone's number one offensive tackle, you know, in in Alabama, Clemson, all these other schools. But kudos to Kentucky for convincing him that the dead period was never going to end. Uh, whatever. Hey, that's the end of this show, though. Uh, this has been Talking Stuff presented by Byers Auto. This has been the list, also presented by Letterman Row. But that's Andrew Ellis. Zach Carpenter, I'm Jeremy Birmingham. Thanks for watching, folks. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.